Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, February 10th, and we start with local news. The site of the soon-to-be-completed Altium Cells battery plant in Spring Hill was abuzz Wednesday as Secretary of the Treasury Janet L. Yellen spoke to employees about how the Inflation Reduction Act and other Biden-Harris administration policies are incentivizing historic investments in clean energy manufacturing. When operational later this year, the massive 2.8 million square foot, $2.6 billion Altium cells plant will produce all of the battery cells for neighboring General Motors production of the Cadillac Lyric, as well as GM's future electric vehicle production. Yellen told the small crowd gathered in a massive warehouse space inside the Altium cells facility that since the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law six months ago, clean energy firms up and down the supply chain have announced tens of billions of dollars in projects that will create thousands of high-quality, good-paying jobs. One analysis, she said, indicates that 2022 was a record year for EV battery manufacturing in particular. Last year alone, more than $73 billion in planned projects were announced. Altium Cells LLC already received a $2.5 billion loan from the United States Department of Energy to help finance the construction of new lithium-ion battery cell manufacturing facilities in Ohio and Michigan, as well as Tennessee's Murray County. President Joe Biden has called for half of all American auto sales to be electric by 2030, and GM hopes to adopt an all-electric portfolio by 2040. Secretary Yellen spoke about how the Inflation Reduction Act is onshoring battery production in addition to creating incentives. China currently produces 70% of batteries for EVs, and the Inflation Reduction Act's incentives for battery manufacturing will help the United States grow the domestic clean energy economy. The Inflation Reduction Act is offering meaningful tax credits to spur clean energy investment and production, she said. Importantly, the law deliberately encourages place-based investments. It offers additional incentives for businesses to invest in low-income and historic energy communities. And it also requires employers to pay prevailing wages and employ apprentices to receive full credits. That's a requirement that went into effect last month, she said. Tennessee stands to be a major player in that transition towards clean energy. Ford is investing $5.6 billion in Blue Oval City, a 4,100-acre electric vehicle and battery campus near Memphis, and Volkswagen has launched a $33 million battery engineering lab to test electric vehicle technology in Chattanooga. In May, GM launched the all-electric Cadillac Lyric at its Spring Hill plant. Yellen said her focus at Treasury is effective implementation of the Inflation Reduction Act. To do so, we are bringing a broad and diverse set of stakeholders to the table, and we are working expeditiously to maximize the economic benefits of the legislation, while making sure we enact effective guardrails so benefits are delivered as intended, she explained. The expectation is year-over-year growth. Over the next year, I suspect that you will see activity accelerate, more ideas turning into plans, plans into construction sites, like just like this one, she said and construction sites into bustling manufacturers. And with it, I hope, a renewed sense of optimism about America's future. 
Early music education is often tied with many positive traits, such as learning a good discipline, the patience of practice, build confidence, and a possible career path in the future. This has been the mission of the Annie Moses Band, whose music conservatory program in Columbia aims to attract kids of all ages. Founded in Franklin in 2020, the Annie Moses Music Conservatory recently opened its full-time facility in Columbia, located at 614 North Main Street, next to Destiny Church and the former Vintage Winery location. The program is now in its full first full semester, and the response has been overwhelming, not just in attracting local students, but others from around the region. Over the last seven years, we've had people from 10 different states that are all part of the conservatory, Director Annie Dupree said. About 30% of our student body are from out of state and travel in twice a month to be a part of the program here. We've got about 115 students that are a part of it, and ever since moving to Columbia, we've seen new people joining just about every week. It's exciting to see all that happen, she said. Dupree, whose background includes studying at the Juilliard School in New York and performing in places like Carnegie Hall and the Grand Old Opry in Nashville, said there are many joys to having a building full of budding musicians to interact with every day, but mostly it's in watching the students' faces light up when they realize they are not only learning something, but having a lot of fun in the process. Every person should study music because God made the human race all musical and artistic. That's part of what it means to be human, Dupree said. The more you develop that in your child, the more they are fearless and courageous, not afraid to stand on a stage and introduce themselves. It's more than about playing chords, but the ability to go into any kind of space and not be afraid of the audience, which bleeds over into all sorts of things, she said. The conservatory's origins begin with the acclaimed Annie Moses Band itself, which consists of a family of highly trained musicians over multiple generations. The group's founders, Bill and Robin Wolliver, are both award-winning songwriters from Nashville. My mother was a very Olympic-level practitioner, and our family ended up moving to New York to study at the Juilliard School, my brothers and I, Dupree said. We were like 11, 13, and 16 and went there to study. And shortly after a three-year stint in New York, we started the Andy Moses Band and began touring. One of the things that attracted early fans was how the Wolivers were able to develop this kind of artistry in their kids, and if other kids could benefit from having similar opportunities. This eventually led to the band's first nonprofit, the Annie Moses Foundation, which consisted of a summer institute and music festival, which still operates today and will make its Columbia debut this summer. This eventually led to a stronger interest in establishing a permanent spot for children to be involved throughout the year, as well as growing its programming opportunities. We've done that summer program for 20 years, and about eight years ago, we started getting more people that wanted us to start working with their children full-time, Dupree said. It was because we were combining a really unique set of things. We were taking a classical conservatory model, which was a very robust core curriculum that everybody takes, along with your individual disciplines and commercial training as well, all within a faith-based umbrella. The Annie Moses Band's journey to Columbia began in 2019 when the Wollivers sold their home in Brentwood to purchase a Murray County farm. The move also included relocating the family's production company, which produces a children's show called The Wonderful World of Benjamin Cello in Columbia. It was also at this time that the family discovered the city's expanding art scene, its resources for music, and opportunities for kids. We were working a lot of our business out of Columbia, and then there is this sort of burgeoning of the arts that's happening right now, which is really exciting to see. It just made it very natural when this place became available, Dupree said. 
Now, as a full-time operation, the Annie Moses Music Conservatory offers a wide range of programming with all ages and skill levels welcome. This includes lessons in strings, piano, percussion, voice, and possibly one day including brass and woodwind instruments as well. The thing that's really amazing and that is that it's a combination of things, Dupree said. You can play an instrument, sing, take an acting course, or a course in songwriting. Every student learns to be fully fluent in music. For more information on the Annie Moses Band, its mission, or how to get your child involved in the Columbia Music Conservatory, you can visit www.anniemosesband.com or visit the school's storefront. The conservatory will also host a special open house during the March 1st Fridays event, which runs from 5 to 8 p.m., and will include performances by the school's students out front on South Main Street. Most of all, Dupree thinks the biggest benefit will be not just to the individual student who attends the Annie Moses Music Conservatory, but how the lessons and discipline will hopefully expand beyond the school and into their adult lives, benefiting the community at large in the end. A lot of the time, music lessons don't necessarily succeed in making you a powerful music communicator, and that's what our program succeeds at doing. And we do that because we care about God's kingdom, which is a beautiful and wonderful thing, Dupree said. You know what the purpose of your music is, who you are, and what you have to say, and that you're given the toolbox by which you can succeed. That's what we want to accomplish, she said. The Board of Mayor and Aldermen examined designs for the proposed fire station number four this week, which staff promises to be a much-needed upgrade to Spring Hill Fire Department's growing needs. The need for a new station has been in the works for many years, beginning around in 2018 to 2019. Fire Chief Greg Temple said he hopes the process will not take that much longer now that a design is on the table. As of now, the station is expected to open and be fully operational at the corner of Duplex and Buckner Roads by November of 2024. This is truly going to be a hub for the community, Temple said. We are looking for this building to be a 50-year plan, and so it's going to be around a long time. The new 17,023-square-foot station's proposed design, created by Renaissance Group Consulting Firm, will keep the traditional fire hall look and feel, but with a whole lot more resources available for staff, as well as office space for Spring Hill police personnel. This includes individual dorm rooms for staff, four drive-through bay, <coughs> excuse me, drive-through bays, spaces for training, and an in-house gym. Other features include a commercial kitchen, as well as a conference room that doubles as an emergency room shelter. The station will also be dedicated to the memory of former firefighter Mitchell Earwood, who died May 3rd of 2020 while off-duty. As far as the public benefit, Station 4 will also create an immediate impact on Spring Hill Fire Department's response times, Temple added. It will also allow the opportunity to hire 15 new firefighters, which has been another need for the department. Once Station 4 is up and running, we're expecting to see about a 25% decrease in response times, specifically in that area, as well as other areas, in providing need to those other stations, Temple said. The hiring for the firefighters at this station also needs to be staggered. We'd like to try and hire six in January and then the other nine in July, which allows us to do promotions for other positions and also get those folks on board and ready to work as this station is ready to open, he said. Mayor Jim Hageman jokingly asked Temple if there will also be a traditional fire pole. Temple replied, saying a fire pole will be part of the design. He and his staff just aren't sure who will be brave enough to try it out first. 
It's a tradition to install a fire pole. Aesthetically, it's going to be very pleasing, and it's also going to be very functional, Temple said. We're taking bets on who's going to be the first one that wants to go down. During an open house, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see that, he said. The project is expected to break ground in October, with a construction cost estimated at $6 million. However, some city staff raised concerns about whether the city could afford it, given the need for other capital projects, such as addressing the city's water capacity issues, multiple roadway projects, as well as a new library and police headquarters. I am overjoyed with this plan, but uh, what I am not overjoyed with is the cash flow situation we need to look at, City Administrator Pam Kasky said. Whether we can get there in exactly the time frame the chief would like to get there is an unknown. Another thing we are all dealing with right now is the increasing cost of everything, she said. The site plan design will appear as part of the resolution later this month, where the Board of Mayor and Aldermen will vote its recommendation to be considered by the Planning Commission. Once approved, the Planning Commission will review the design and resubmit the design to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen with its recommendation to approve or deny. A staple of the Columbia community, Shepherd Lumber Yard has been gracing the edge of the downtown Columbia district, business district for nearly 80 years. The longevity of the local business, owner Terrence Blakesley says, is rooted in the heart of the community. To me, local businesses are the heartbeat of the community, he said. The individuals who work here and interact here grew up here or have kids who go to school here. They spend money here. We're all connected and should have the heart to help one another and hope to grow the community as one, he said. Shepherd Lumberyard opened its doors in 1946 and has sat at its current location at 103 Cemetery Avenue in Columbia from day one. Blakesley says trust and service has been one of the biggest reasons the business has been able to thrive through whatever economic seasons have come along. We're striving to continue, even though local lumberyards are almost extinct these days, he said. What we have tried to do is create that niche to provide service and products that big box stores don't have the ability to provide. Having an extensive background in the industry, not only as someone who worked with the business's second owner, David McLean, but with other local and national brands, Blakesley has the knowledge and foresight to understand any issue a customer may bring in the door. That's one reason he and his team have pivoted much of the business to more than selling two-by-fours, including a full-service workshop. We can take care of a project through completion for a customer, or just get it to a manageable stage where they can take it home and finish it out, he said. One of the biggest moves Blakesley has made is finding a niche with stone countertops. The fully customizable product has become so popular that his wait list is growing daily. It's not to complete it's not to compete with granite or marble. It's a totally different product, he said. We design and make it from scratch, so when we finish the product and install it in your house, it looks like we just carved it out of the side of a mountain, he said. It's a one of a kind product. Even if you pick the same color as someone else, it won't be the same thing. As long as I can think it, I can create it, he said. Wood is still the bellwether, however, and when it comes to unique, to unique, Blakesley doesn't skimp. If there's a type of wood a customer wants, he's likely already got some in stock. I battle every day and bug my vendors to see what's coming in so local customers don't have to travel to other places, he said. Local hardwoods are great. Those are easy to find. When we're talking about Wenji, Purple Heart, Canary Wood, Bolivian Rosewood... Those are hard to get because they come from different countries. While Blakesley is a native of Detroit, there is no other place he would rather call home. After serving in the Marine Corps, he made a trip to the area to visit family when an ice storm hit. 
That ice storm, however, was the biggest blessing he could have asked for because while stuck in Tennessee, he met his future wife. The two have raised their children in Columbia and have found their calling at Shepherd Lumberyard. I am a pastor in the community, so I have a passion to help my community, he said. You don't necessarily have to buy anything when you come here. If we're able to help you and be a beacon of light, that's what we strive to do. What is at the core of a true person who owns a small business is unity and their willingness to want to prop up their community, he said. There's an opportunity to support a great organization in Columbia this weekend. Harvest Share Food Pantry is holding their annual Soup and Bowl event on Saturday, February 11th at the Memorial Building from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Adult tickets are $10 and child tickets ages 5 to 10 are $5. Enjoy wonderful food from local restaurants, take home a free soup bowl, and bid on your favorite items during the silent auction. Tickets can be purchased at the Harvest Share Food Pantry located at 419 West 9th Street and at the door the day of the event, or you can call Amanda Taylor at 260-350-1119. Please join in helping Harvest Share continue their good work in Columbia. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Mildred Jones Gibson Cruz, 98, retired employee of Methodist Publishing House and a resident of Nashville, died Wednesday, February 8th at her residence. Funeral services for Mrs. Cruz will be conducted Sunday at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Friendship Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Sunday from 10 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds today, becoming increasingly more cloudy as the day moves on. The high will be 56 degrees with winds out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect considerable clouds with a low near 35. Winds will be out of the north-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. For your weekend forecast, we'll see partly cloudy skies with highs in the mid-50s and the lows in the low 30s. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... 
Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello friends, this is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, tennesseechildrenshome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Throughout the country, buried pipelines are indicated by a pipeline right-of-way. A long, wide stretch of grass cleared of trees and marked with signs. If you have a right-of-way near your home, do not plant anything in it or dig in it. Do not install a fence or build your kids a super cool fort without first getting the pipeline operator's approval. For more on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. In business, as in life, the only constant is change. Amazon is shedding jobs by the thousands while hiring and construction at the company's Nashville operations hub are on an extended pause. The downturn comes after years of breakneck growth. 
Amazon's $230 million operations center of excellence was heralded as a major boon by Tennessee leaders, destined to propel the state's tech industry to a new level while injecting 5,000 highly paid jobs into the market. When construction on the Nashville office campus began in 2019, the corporate giant's global momentum showed no signs of slowing. Clusters of its data centers, warehouses, and transportation networks mushroomed across most states. Since fulfilling its promise to hire 2,500 downtown Nashville employees by 2021, Amazon has pumped the brakes. Work on the second of two towers at Church and 10th Streets in the Gulch stalled after the 28-story tall high-rise, named after suffragist Juno Frankie Pierce, was erected last year. Its neighbor, the 20-story Ann Building, named after local icon Ann, Dudley da- Ann Dallas Dudley, finished in 2021. The Nashville slowdown comes as the company weathers a tight labor market and a revolution in office work culture, bringing a new policy allowing employees to work at home up to four days a week. The changes necessitated an interior design at the Juno building, planned with communal working areas, a large rooftop patio, and a dog park for employees who bring their pets to work. We're focused on reimagining work areas that provide improved space for genuine collaboration, brainstorming, and socialization, a company representative said. With that said, our buildings remain long-term investments, so in order to get this right and create the best workspace for our employees, it's important to take the time to learn and experiment. In a show of enthusiasm for the coveted office campus filled with six-figure salary jobs, state and metro Nashville leaders negotiated cash-for-jobs grants. The 2018 deal would be the last one negotiated with cash from Metro Nashville's coffers, following public outcry over growing pains from the region's sustained development boom. A $65 million state grant promised $13,000 per job, and Metro added another 3000 per employee for a total of $15 million. The money depended on the hires being made within seven years. Amazon executed its grant with the state in 2021, giving it until 2029 to collect. The company has not yet sought Metro job creation incentives. Bridgestone, Alliance Bernstein, Philips, UBS, Dell, and Warner Music are among other companies who won incentives based on the number of local jobs they created. Amazon did not claim a one-year extension offered to all state businesses affected by COVID-19 restrictions in 2020 to help alleviate the impact of the pandemic, state economic and community development officials said. Its deadline to hire 5,000 Nashville employees is January 1st of 2029. Unlike other firms, Amazon capitalized on stay-at-home orders with express shipping and automated warehouses, and business boomed during the pandemic. The company has added more than $13 billion to the company's economy in the past decade, and it's now the eighth-largest employer in Middle Tennessee. This year, Amazon laid off 1.2% of its workforce in a reversal of the 2020 hiring spree that doubled the number of employees. It's retooling its diverse and ever-changing services and products, recently launching a low-cost prescription delivery for its Prime members and making a $3.9 billion bid to buy a chain of medical clinics. For a $5 a month RX Pass, for $5 a month RX Pass delivers unlimited generic medications to subscribers. Meanwhile, Amazon is among all major corporations experimenting with new strategies to entice workers to offices, said Janelle Gallagher, first vice president at CBRE Nashville. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. This weekend seems like it has two big holidays packed into one with Super Bowl Sunday and the upcoming Valentine's holiday on Tuesday. That means there will be plenty to do over the next few days to celebrate. Whether your team is in the big game or not this year, Super Bowl Sunday is always a fun time to gather with friends, eat good food, and more. For those who might not have a Super Bowl party to go to this year, here are a few local Sunday events to take part in. Harvest Share Food Pantry will host its annual Soup and Bowl fundraiser starting at 11 a.m. on Saturday. The event will once again take place at the Memorial Building at 308 West 7th Street in Columbia and feature many soups provided by local chefs and restaurants. The event will also include both live and silent auctions. The Tilted Mule, located at 102 Depot Street, will host a superb owl party starting at 5.30 p.m. Sunday. Watch the big game and see if you can catch a glimpse of the elusive owl. Celebrate the big day of romance a few days early this weekend with those pre-Valentine's Day events. Historic Elm Springs will be hosting a food event uh, at 6.30 on Saturday. And Grinder Switch, located at 510 South Garden Street, will host a Valentine's wine and cheese pairing as well. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe.